Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Equipod, the official podcast for Spirit Keeper Equine Sanctuary, a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to caring for special needs equines, promoting equine science and conservation, and working to educate the public about horses. Today is Monday, April 8th, 2019, and I'm your host, Lori Trini. I'm joined today by no one. If you haven't listened to the first edition of our podcast, I was joined by board member Angie Canny, and uh, you can go back and listen to that. But each week, I'm going to try to get a podcast put out on Monday, and I may or may not have other board members joining me depending on their schedules. Today, I want to bring everyone up to speed on our social media platforms, the status of sanctuary horses, our latest fundraising focus, how we weathered the recent snowstorm out here in Colorado, and other summer events. I'm also going to briefly discuss recent research regarding how rider weight and saddle fit affects horses and highlight one of the horse breeds we have here at Spirit Keeper. Regarding social media, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. We also have a website. But the best way to keep up with the most recent information and see lots of photographs is by following us on Facebook. Just search for Spirit Keeper Equine Sanctuary, and that will bring up our page, which you can like and follow. We post photos, news updates, educational articles, and we try to get content up there daily. You can also search, find, and follow Spirit Keeper Equine Sanctuary on YouTube, where we post videos about the horses that are here and occasionally footage of events, uh, fundraising updates, and other news. For educational content, training, and other animal videos besides horses, you can follow our sister Facebook page and our sister YouTube channel called Behavior Education LLC. The Spirit Keeper website contains more static information and permanent content. It's mostly information about us in general. We do have a few photos and upcoming events listed as well. That address is spiritkeeperequine.org. But again, the most up-to-date daily information will be found on our Facebook page as the website is going to contain static content updated as needed. We just posted a few videos to our YouTube channel um, over the weekend that we filmed of several of the sanctuary horses, and we are going to be uploading more in the coming week or two of a lot of the horses that are current residents here at Spirit Keeper along with their stories. So please be sure to go check out our YouTube channel, like and subscribe, and click the little bell so you get notified when we put new content up. Just to let everyone know the current status of Spirit Keeper Equine Sanctuary horses and the numbers that we currently care for here, I want to remind everybody how we got started and talk a little bit about the horses that we've taken in since we incorporated as a 501c3. So Spirit Keeper Equine Sanctuary is currently responsible for 50 horses. This includes those that are here in our sanctuary program, uh, special needs boarders, and those in foster homes. Following many, many years of conducting private rescue and working with other local horse rescues, our founding members, which are myself, Lori Trini, my husband, James Barentine, um, a colleague of mine, Shelly Carbonara Ramos, and another colleague, Sandy Klinge, officially incorporated Spirit Keeper as a 501c3 in January of 2014. 
Since then, we've admitted 20 horses to our sanctuary program and accommodated three special needs boarders. Now remember that this is in addition to all the horses that were already here prior to incorporating as a nonprofit. Um, and they're the reason that we became a nonprofit in the first place. So those horses that were grandfathered in, plus the horses we've taken in since and the special needs boarders we have, brings us to 50 horses that we're currently taking care of. Of those horses admitted in 2014, two have been adopted by their foster homes following two years of probation to make sure it would work out and that their humans were fully committed to their care. We're not an organization that typically does adoptions since the horses in our program have special needs and are granted lifetime sanctuary. Cece and Peppermint were both special cases with highly motivated and extremely dedicated foster moms willing to make a lifetime commitment to their special care. Three of the horses admitted since 2014 have died. We suddenly and very sadly lost Waylon in November of 2017 at the age of around 32. In September of 2016, Gunner had to be euthanized when he went into congestive heart failure following complications from colic and ulcers. Gunner had originally been a special needs boarder and was later transferred to our sanctuary program. And then our old mother hen horse, Lacey, who seemed to think she had to oversee every horse in the barn and had to mother them, died very unexpectedly just this past October, 2018. All the horses lost are missed, but I have to admit feeling a huge hole in my heart without Lacey. There's an emptiness I feel every time I'm in the barn and I still look for her. I expect her head to be poking out of the stall looking for attention and treats. It's a little bit weird still not seeing her, even though many months have passed. Um, of the horses that we have taken in since incorporating in 20. 14. That leaves us Babby, Mario, Dusty, Red, Raina, Kiowa, Amir, Sitar, Cheyenne, Sahara, Emmy, Brownie, Lucy, Patch, and Buddy. They're all still with us, along with all the horses that were grandfathered in prior to being granted nonprofit status, plus Summer and Flower, who are in a nearby foster home with their fabulous, fantastic foster mom, Sarah. A colleague of mine asked me the other day about becoming a 501c3 and like me, prior to running the sanctuary, she's a riding instructor and a horse trainer. She said many of her lesson horses are aging and it's not right to discard them. I agree, I didn't either. So she was thinking of going the nonprofit route and doing horse rescue just like I did. I had to be honest with her and say that my husband and I are in a much worse financial situation now than we were prior to starting the horse sanctuary, and we have much less time to spend with our own horses. In fact, I haven't ridden since 2017. While we are dedicated to the horses in our care and committed to seeing them through until their natural ends, if we went back, or if I went back, knowing what I know now, and knowing that we would be in worse financial shape now than prior to incorporating as a 501c3, I honestly would not do this again. Um, my colleague was really disheartened to hear this, um, but I will say that many of the young people I meet who love animals and come here from places like the Pikes Peak Community College Zookeeping Program 
for lab days and for internships mentioned that they would like to have an animal sanctuary or rescue someday. And I feel it's important to be transparent and honest with people. It is hard. It's energy draining and it financially breaks you. If you're not independently wealthy, it's, it's not really, I don't th- see it as improving your financial status at all. Um, while the great part is obviously helping the animals, there's a huge personal cost mentally, physically, and financially. And very seldom do we get any help or relief from other people. We have a few wonderful, wonderful donors and a couple of sporadic volunteers, but for the most part, the financial burden and the workload is solely on my shoulders and my husband's with some help from board members um, occasionally. So this brings me to our latest fundraising need, which is still to finish installation of the pipe fencing. We now have one half acre corral and a one acre turnout area and then runs constructed off of the stalls in the barn, enclosed by the welded pipe, and it's absolutely wonderful. It's safe for our blind horses, those who are visually and cognitively impaired, those that are easily startled, and for younger horses who routinely are breaking out of crowd panels and going through our wire fencing. We are really very happy with its sturdiness and its safety, Um, but we have lots of pipe still that needs to be installed. So in order to use up the remaining pipe that we originally uh, purchased in 2017, we need to raise another $12,000 to have that installed into two more corrals. We're undecided if we will do one large fundraiser or try to raise it little by little over this year, but sooner is better because the pipes laying out in the elements getting covered by dirt and filled up with sand and it's acquiring some rust. Um, It does require heavy equipment to move, cut, handle, and install, and um, we currently don't have any place where we can store the materials inside. Okay, now to the winter storm that we recently experienced in Colorado in mid-March 2019. Uh, The winter storm and blizzard in March left us snowed in for five days and for the first time ever we had to hire someone to bring equipment to the ranch to clear snow away and dig us out. We're very thankful that no animals were lost or injured and everyone came through the ordeal okay but it was a really worrying time for us. Um, Our generator only ran for a few hours before the extreme wind and weather conditions filled it up with snow and it quit running. So for about 24 hours, we had no electricity and no water. We ran out of some of our feeds and we ran out of groceries. We are super grateful to all the people who donated to our Facebook fundraiser to cover the cost of the equipment and labor to dig us out and clear away our snow. That was a huge financial relief because otherwise that money would have had to come from money set aside to buy feed and hay. Okay, now on to a happier and more exciting note and funner things. We have two events happening this June. The first is happening June 1st and 2nd, 2019, and that is our Science in Motion weekend. John Luke Cornell will be here Saturday and Sunday lecturing about biomechanics and working with us and some of the sanctuary horses. Auditors are welcome to come and watch, soak up all the knowledge, and share lunch with us each day. The cost to audit, including lunch, is $35 per day. 
go ahead and contact us if you need more information or if you want to register. I will try to have something up on the website this week allowing for online payment and registration. Just keep in mind that our other board members and animal care specialists all work full-time jobs outside of the ranch. So I'm the only one right now that's here most of the time doing all the animal care as well as all of the administrative duties. So please try to be patient. The second event this summer, and it's going to be a first for us, we're really excited about. We're going to be hosting a 2019 summer solstice celebration. After this winter, we really are ready to celebrate summer. So on Friday, June 21st, we're inviting people to come and camp out with the horses. You can bring your RV, your camper, your tent, or your sleeping bag and spend the night with us. We're opening up one of our 10-acre pastures for camping and having a Friday night cookout. Um, we're going to have a porta potty on site, but we aren't going to have electric or water hookups out there. The next day, Saturday, June 22nd, we're really pleased to have Melissa Shandley coming. She's going to be joining us to conduct an equine vision workshop. The workshop will include how horses see the world, how their eyes work, and how this affects their behavior. Melissa will lead everyone through construction of an equine spirit mask or equine vision mask that when you wear allows you to see things as horses do. And this is accomplished with the eye hole placement on the mask and with the installation of mirrors inside the mask. It's a really powerful experience. I have done this before. And the first time you put the mask on and you realize how horses see the world, it's pretty fantastic. And it takes a little while for our brains to process that information and understand what we're seeing. We're going to pair people up and someone's going to wear the mask and be the horse while the other person will be the leader or handler. And then we're going to have everyone try to navigate an obstacle course. Now, of course, you're going to get to switch places so everyone can experience how horses see and everyone will also get to experience being the leader. The first 10 people to register for the Equine Vision Workshop will get scholarships to attend for free. And this is going to include the mask kit and the mask, which you will get to keep at the end of the workshop. Any additional participants after we fill up with 10 um, will pay $35 to cover the cost of the kit and the mask. We are going to have other fun and educational activities going on here Friday evening and all day Saturday as well as some special visitors. So make sure and save the date, June 21st and 22nd. There's no cost for camping or the other activities, just for the equine vision, work, vision workshop for those who wanna participate if you're not one of the first 10 that register. All right, now let's move on to this week's educational piece. We are really big on trying to educate not only the horse community, but the general public here. So this week's educational piece revolves around a few recent studies that clearly indicate the adverse effects of rider weight and size, as well as poor saddle fit on ridden horses. These studies without a doubt show that riders who are too heavy or too large for a horse cause pain, discomfort, and lameness during the rides, which results in gait abnormalities and behavioral changes. Now, traditionally, the rule of thumb has always been that horses may comfortably carry about 20% of their total body weight. So what this means for an 800-pound horse, which is the typical uh, large pony or the typical Arabian or maybe the, the typical petite um, thoroughbred, 
would be 160 pounds of rider and tack. For a 1,200 pound horse, which is going to be larger horses, maybe a quarter horse, a thoroughbred, draft crosses, um, but a 1,200 pound horse at 20% of their body weight could reasonably carry 240 pounds of rider and tack. Well, current science is telling us that it isn't that simple. So in addition to the rider size and weight, the rider's ability to ride properly and the fit of the saddle is also playing a huge role in the horse's pain, discomfort, gait abnormalities, and behavior during the ride. Okay. In other words, poor unbalanced riding and or a poor saddle that doesn't fit correctly is affecting the horse's gait, their comfort, and their behavior. So when poor riding and saddle fit are coupled together, and when you bring those factors along with a rider that's too big for the horses, the behavioral pain indicators and gait abnormalities increase. The most recent study actually seems to indicate that the percentage of weight that can be comfortably and healthily carried by a horse may be closer to 10 to 12% of their total body weight, which is significantly less than we thought before. So this would equate to about 100 pounds of weight for an 800-pound horse or about 145 pounds of weight for a 1,200-pound horse. Now you can find this most recent study online. Its title is The Influence of Rider-Horse Body Weight Ratio and Rider-Horse Saddle Fit on Equine Gait and Behavior, a pilot study. And that was conducted by Dyson, Ellis, Guire, Douglas, Bondi, and Harris. An overview of this article and links to three related articles, which include scientific studies on this subject, is available through Horse Talk New Zealand at www.horsetalk.co.nz slash 2019 slash 04 slash 03 slash heavy hyphen going hyphen rider hyphen weight hyphen horse. And it is also posted on our Spirit Keeper Equine Sanctuary Facebook page. So you can just look for the article on our page, go to the link, read the article. And including this most recent study, it also has links to three other similar studies that have been done. All right, let's move on to our feature breed of the week, which is my personal favorite, the Arabian. Arabians are beautiful horses. They're gorgeous, intelligent, athletic, versatile, spirited, and they form really close bonds with people. And they're one of the oldest horse breeds that exist today. They have a signature dished head and a sculptured face and a naturally high tail carriage. Uh, they're just beautiful and by far they're my favorite breed to ride and own and train and work with. We actually have quite a few Arabians um, that are here at Spirit Keeper Equine Sanctuary. Nearly half of the horses cared for by Spirit Keeper are Arabs. I believe at last count we have 24 Arabs or Arab crosses here. And that includes our oldest resident, Rapture who just turned 37 years old in February of this year. And for anyone familiar with Arabian horses and their lineage, he is um, a Raffles line Arabian. So his lineage traces very heavily back to Raffles. So he's a petite chestnut gelding, and he is maintaining really great body weight and still going strong at 37 years old, which is just amazing. Arabians are generally bay 
black, gray, chestnut, or roan in color, but crosses um, can have other color variations and patterns. Arabianhorses.org has extensive information about the breed's history and heritage, their origins, bloodlines, typical features, as well as examples of their versatility. So I encourage everyone to visit www.arabianhorses.org slash discover slash Arabian hyphen horses to learn more and see photos. I'm going to read an excerpt from their site that gives you a little bit of an idea of some of the information you can find there and a little bit more about Arabian horses. Again, this is an excerpt from arabianhorses.org. Unparalleled in beauty, the Arabian horse has a rich history and unique ability to bond with their owners. For thousands of years, Arabians lived among the desert tribes of the Arabian Peninsula, bred by the Bedouins as war mounts for long treks and quick forays into enemy camps. These harsh desert conditions evolved a horse with a large lung capacity and incredible endurance. The Arabian horse is striking. Its most identifiable characteristics are a refined, chiseled head, dished face, long, arching neck, and high tail carriage. Its entire appearance exudes energy, intelligence, nobility, and courage. Arabians move with a floating trot, announcing its proud and graceful nature. Well, that's all I have for this week, folks. I, along with our board members, will work hard to bring this podcast to you every Monday. Thank you for listening. Please share and subscribe and follow us on Facebook and YouTube.